Fly ball onto the track. At the wall. It's gone. Home run. Turns on a ball. Deep right field. And gone. What a game. What a moment. What is up, my friends? Welcome to Flippin' Bats, where today we got a good episode, a lot of fun to be had. We're going to talk the 2024 Hall of Fame class announcement that came out. Uh, I definitely have some thoughts on that and the three names that got in and specifically some of the names that did not get in. We'll talk about that. Uh, We'll talk about the Cubs, uh, a new signing for them that really helps them. But are they the favorites? Should they be the favorites to win the NL Central? The D-backs making moves, signing Jock Peterson. Uh, Who's had the better offseason other than the Dodgers? Them or the New York Yankees? Free agency, it's pretty slow. Still some really big names out there. We'll talk all about those big names and really why they haven't signed yet. We're continuing on top 50 players of the 2024 season, for the 2024 season, 10 through 6, and a fun segment at the end, Name That Swing, where there's going to be a silhouette of a player swinging, and I'm going to have to guess uh, who the swing is from. So uh, this is going to be a really fun episode. Make sure you guys are subscribed wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple, Spotify, wherever. We're also on all social media. You can watch everything as well on YouTube, at Flippin' Bats Pod for all of them. But Alex... It's officially birthday week. I was going to say, you buried the lead. How did you not start with yeah, that? It's that the big like, tease. You're like, it's a fun week. Yeah, because it's birthday week. Exactly. How do you not lead with that? Exactly. We got mom and dad in town, which is always like such a gift. We love mom and papa birthday. Mom and dad in studio. Birthday tomorrow. Yeah. The big three, oh, two. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, this will be. I'm older than you. So it's... Do, you remember, <laughs> it's do you remember last year's birthday episode? Yeah. I ended up getting basically punched in the face with a cupcake. Yeah, it was nice. You wouldn't have liked it. I, no. <laughs> but, like, different. I have a full face of makeup on. You don't. Like, it's fine. You, you do, Actually, no, you do have makeup on. But yes. it takes you, like, it's like a five-minute setup opposed to, like, an hour situation I got going on. Yeah. Yeah. So, I've never had a cake in the face. Well. Are we foreshadowing for my birthday? <laughs> you <have> said that. <laughs> uh, anyway, well, let's get to it. You mentioned so much good stuff going on this week as yep. we kind of inch closer to the start of spring training and the start of the regular season. So let's kick things off with a huge congratulations to the Hall of Fame class of 2024. We got two first ballot Hall of Famers in this group, and Adrian Beltre, Joe Maurer, and then Todd Helton getting in on his sixth ballot definitely first ballot hall of famers for Beltran and Maurer I think Todd Helton took too long I think he gets a disservice because he plays in Colorado and they make him wait because his numbers are inflated for playing there I've always thought that's ridiculous Todd Helton uh, is officially a hall of famer and has been since his career ended so congrats to all three of those guys Joe Maurer Adrian Beltre Todd Helton getting in really cool to see uh, all their moments and um, they do a really good job now of showing the guys like the official yeah. moment. They get the call and then doing an interview with them and catching all that emotion. Uh, I really enjoyed watching it. But uh, we did talk last week about what my ballot would yeah, look all like. All three of these guys were on your ballot. So who are you most upset about getting snubbed into the hall? I Look, I, I would have liked to see Gary Sheffield get in. It was his last year on the ballot. Yeah. So he's done. He didn't get in. He needed 75%. He was tracking it right about 75% with the public ballots, but ended up in the low 60s. He doesn't get in. Uh, I would have liked to see Andrew Jones get in. That Look, Andrew Jones, I had a feeling wouldn't, um, but I do think he's a Hall of Famer. I do think he should have gotten in. So I'd say Sheffield, Jones, Billy Wagner, just under the 75%. I think he gets in next year, though. But the frustrating one for me is Gary Sheffield. And, and with him, you have the link 
to, you have the link to steroids, but the second you really look into it, there's no justification to it. He never tested positive. Um, he's just been, you know, he, he just always had that cloud over his head. And where this, where this all becomes frustrating to me, Alex, is I just feel like more and more so over the last few years, the writers that do the voting have started putting their personal stamp on this. And if they have a vendetta against somebody or they don't like somebody, well, you're not getting voted for. So where it becomes frustrating is you can play your entire career and then when it's all said and done, if you had a great career, whether or not you get into the Hall of Fame all comes down to the baseball writers and their vote and whether they vote for you or against you, which With, is crazy. It's absolutely crazy when you think about a guy. I mean, obviously, he's in the Hall of Fame, but Derek Jeter. There was one voter yeah. who didn't vote for him for him to be unanimously voted in, and that, that's a grudge. That is 100% yeah. a grudge right there. Well, that's with Sheffield. Like, he wasn't known for being the nicest guy to the media. And I bet you if he had been, he would have gotten that <laughs> over 75%, which sucks. Same with, with Barry Bonds. He wasn't known for being a media-friendly guy by any means. Uh, and obviously, there's more than just a link with Barry Bonds to steroids. But um, uh, again, it just feels like these writers are more so, like, taking their personal beliefs when it comes to the voting and who they want to vote for and saying, well, I didn't really like that guy, so I was close. I'm now not going to vote for him, which to me isn't right. And it should be about what was done on the field. And people might not like what I'm about to say here, but let's take Kurt Schilling, for example. Yeah. I believe Kurt Schilling, as a pitcher, is a Hall of Famer. Is he a Hall of Fame person? Absolutely not. Of course not. But with what he did on the mound... I do believe he's a Hall of Famer, but he didn't get in because the, the writers hate him, and yeah. he treated them like shit, and they're like, well, I, I ain't voting for him. And I get frustrated by that because it, the Hall of Fame, the Baseball Hall of Fame, should be about how you were on the field. There's so, there are plenty of players in the Hall of Fame right now that took steroids or, or something illegal that, well, they're in. So now there's just been this shift with baseball writers, and it, 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 I really do think it has become more personal and more 100%. about like, okay, well, that guy didn't treat me very well. I'm going to get him back now. So what I think should happen, I, I just think there needs to be more avenues to get in, Alex. It can't just be these baseball writers. In fact, have them be a big part of it, but have other ways for people to get in so it's not just, all right, I hope you treated the baseball writers well, or all right, I hope you had a good enough career to get in based off of what these people say. Have other people vote. Have Hall of Famers so like vote, whatever. executives, like front office members, owners, and maybe there's like a percentage of what each one counts for the final vote to get in. Yeah. So everybody has a say, and it's not just on this one group, as you're saying, the writers. Like, times change. Like, we need to evolve. We've seen the game of baseball evolve. This is one of the few things that has not evolved with the game. Yep. And it's not fair. No, it's, it's not, not fair to these great players. So I, I do think there, there should be a, a, another way to go about it. It, gets, it has been frustrating to see more and more so. I mean, there's, there's an account on Twitter, Alex, that yeah. tracks the public, like the people that want to make their ballot public. Yeah. It tracks them all and puts them out in one place so you can see, okay, this public ballot, so-and-so submitted this one. Here's who he voted for. There was one person that made his ballot public this yeah. year that didn't vote for Gary Sheffield, which is fine. Yeah. But when asked why you didn't vote for Gary Sheffield, he just said, ah, 
Uh, I could I can always vote for him next year. No, you can't. He there was Only a legitimate baseball writer that decides whether or not a player gets uh, in the Hall of Fame that did not know it was Gary Sheffield's last year on the ballot. That 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 just can't happen. There needs to be more avenues. Uh, I thought Gary Sheffield should have gotten in. But again, congratulations to Joe Maurer, yeah. Adrian Beltre, and Todd Helton for sure. Very much so deserved. Yeah. Well, speaking of great players, we also had the awards this week. And Shohei Otani accepted his AL MVP award and gave his entire speech in English. And it was beautiful. He is the face of Major League Baseball. And this is the first time we really got to, to see him standing up there without Ipe and give his speech in English. Yeah, it was really cool to see. And um, I, you just, you know, you could tell from, especially you, you know, when he first came From the came start, over, day one. Very beginning of being a major leaguer. Um, you knew him then. And to just see his English progress over the few years, but still, um, you know, he doesn't do interviews in English because no. obviously he's more comfortable speaking in Japanese. To, to give this speech, his yeah. second AL MVP award, in English, I, I just I thought it was I thought it was really cool to see. I know Ipe was sitting off to the side, just so proud of yeah. him. And it was also really there's just been there's been a lot of haters when it comes to Shohei. And when the talk started becoming like, well, he's he's the face of baseball. There's people that are saying, well, he can't be the face of baseball. Blah blah blah. He's, he doesn't even speak great English. And then he steps up there and gives. I, I, it was he crushed it. I was it was super cool to see. Um, really proud of how you know it's it's not an easy thing to do, especially especially a, a language like Japanese to English. When I was playing in the minor leagues, players that are like foreign players have English class like yeah. no, multiple has times been a week. Studying English since he started playing in Major League Baseball. Yeah. So, I mean, this has been a long time coming. I was always curious if it was going to happen because we know a lot of uh, players that speak different languages, all languages, like some of them can speak perfect English, but they choose not to, even if they can publicly or on yeah. camera or in interviews. And he had that choice and he, and he made this big move. This is kind yeah. of, a, it's a big transition year, obviously, for him, like biggest contract in North American history, like new team here in LA. I think this was a statement like, hey, I'm here, I can, but it's also respecting for all of his fans in Japan as a Japanese player, as the face of Major League Baseball. Like it yeah. was just all, all around, it was really cool. Yeah, I agree. Really, always a, a fun event was there last year when Justin won the Cy Young Award. Yeah. So to see like all those guys in the same place, to see Shohei and Acuna there accepting yeah. their awards, Gunner and Corbin Carroll, Corbin's whole family was there. Old Papa Carroll, Papa yeah. Carroll's up there with him. Um, it was so good. Yeah, it was just uh, obviously Garrett Cole and Blake Snell. So, yeah, cool event and really cool to see Joe. I want to make a request for Otani. Can we get more puppy content? Like that decoy stuff was just chef's kiss, holding him after with the MVP award. I don't know why he looks so sad. And then he posted him on the, the private jet. Decoys just live in the life. He's getting a lot better Living with his social media. The life. He is. Yeah, yeah social for sure. media, giving speeches in English. This is going to be a fun year. Yep. But let's get to some more off-season news. We've got a couple a couple more moves here. Start with the Cubs. Uh, signing Hector Neris, a $9 million, one-year deal. Kind of the last top reliever picked up. Yeah, I like Hector Neris a lot. He's been pitching a lot, uh, or he's been pitching great for over the last couple of years. 
with the Houston Astros. Look, last year he pitched in 71 games and had a 171 ERA. That's great. So now you get a back into the bullpen, eight, nine inning guys with Hector Neris and, and Alzali back there, who I think is one of the last year was one of the more underrated closers in the game of baseball. So now you get Neris and Alzali back there. All of a sudden you look up and the Chicago Cubs have a really dominant back into the yeah. bullpen. I like it a lot. I really do like this pickup for the Cubs. So Hector Neris goes there, one year, $9 million. Great addition to the bullpen. So they've they've picked up, you know, a couple big names this offseason. Imanaga, Neris, traded for Michael Bush. Should yeah. the Cubs be the favorite to win the NL Central this season? The Cubs should absolutely be NL Central favorites if they sign Cody Bellinger. <laughs> I'm not, I'm we'll not there. That. We'll get to I'm that. I'm not in there a yet. I'm not there yet with them. Okay. This, okay. this that's lineup that's is fair. still missing some thump if you look at it. I mean, they have they have improved. I was high on the Cubs last year. I thought, uh, and I said before the season started that this Cubs team really improved, could be a playoff team. And that ended up being they were right on the edge there until the very end. And if not for a dropped pop-up in, in right field, yeah. like they could have been a playoff team. So I was very high on them, and I actually think they have improved this offseason, but I'm not there yet with, I mean, the lineup is still just missing something. If you look at the projected Cubs 2024 lineup, okay. you got Mike Talkman, Nico Horner, Ian Happ, Suzuki, Swanson, Morell, Michael Bush, who they traded for, yeah. Gomes, and Madrigal. It's just, it's missing something. You and if you, if you want to compare that to another team in the NL Central that is also up there with the favorites to win it, and the Cardinals, you have Lars Newtbar, Brennan Donovan, Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, Contreras, Gorman, Walker, Edmund, and, and Mason Wynn, who's probably going to play shortstop for the Cardinals this year. The Cardinals lineup is, is right now, I think, the much better lineup. I, I really think the Cubs need to add a guy like Coach Bellinger. I think um, with a rotation that they have set up right now, Steele, Tyani, Managa, the one, two, three. Look, it's close. Um, I'm just not ready to say that they should be the favorites in the NL Central right now over a team like the Cardinals, who have a really good lineup, totally revamped their pitching staff, over a team like the Brewers, who have a good pitching rotation and added Reese Hoskins to that lineup, to a team like the Reds, who are really young and exciting. The NL Central is going to be a fun division to watch this year. Yeah, it is. And I'm not yet ready to say that the Cubs are and should be favorites to win it. Okay, well, let's move to the NOS because the D-backs, the D-backs that were just in the World Series, just had a Jock Peterson, $9 million, one-year deal. He's bounced around quite a bit around the NOS, Jock Peterson. Yeah, he's been on three, yeah. <laughs> three of those teams, Giants, uh, Dodgers, and now the D-backs. Signs for uh, one year, $9.5 billion. Just good. I, I like this pickup a lot for them. Just some good thump in a lineup that, um, needed a, a lefty power bat. Like I, I like, I like this pickup a lot. Um, Jock Peterson, always a guy that, especially when he's hot. I mean, he's he, when Jock Peterson is hot, he should be one of the most feared hitters in the game, and can be a streaky hitter for sure. But I, I just felt like this lineup, the D-backs, and we just saw them in the World Series, mm -hmm. is a lineup that is going to scratch and claw and get on base and steal bases and bunt guy over and get them in and there's just a lot of speed good high average guys i and i'm not that's not like in any way a discredit to the lineup it's just 
Jock Peterson adds a different dynamic to yeah. the lineup by just a big power threat that if you leave a pitch out over the middle, he's going he's gonna to put a run on the board. So you're saying there's a chance that well, they might get back. But, okay. Uh, yeah. Not, probably not going to win <laughs> yeah. the NOS, but I do like a lot yeah. what they've no, done. No, no, no. Yeah, you're right about it. Outside of the Dodgers. Okay, so let's talk about that this offseason. Outside of the Dodgers, who had the best offseason? The D-backs or the Yankees? The D-backs, hands down, had a better offseason than the New York Yankees. Really? I, I really love what they've done. You add Eduardo Rodriguez, yeah. who was with the Tigers and was pitching really well. I really like that pickup. You trade for Eugenio Suarez over at third base now. Again, a lot of thump over at third base now. So that's a different dynamic in the lineup. Add Jock Peterson. Add, add Lourdes Gurriel because he was a free agent. So you get him back. So now you look at this team, and all of a sudden you have a, a pitching rotation of Zach Gallen, Eduardo Rodriguez, Merrill Kelly at the top of that rotation. Brandon Fodd, who was fantastic in the playoffs. I really love the addition. I really love what that D-backs lineup is now going to look like, as well as their pitching rotation. So I just think you can't overlook the fact that the Arizona Diamondbacks were in the World Series last year. Yeah. The New York Yankees weren't a playoff team last year. No. So the Yankees had a lot more to do than the D-backs, in my opinion. And the Yankees went out and added Juan Soto. Marcus Stroman, Alex Verdugo, and Trank Grisham. Love Soto pickup. Mm-hmm. I really like the, the Stroman pickup. But is that, going, is that enough for the New York Yankees? I, I don't think so. Now, I, I will say. With a healthy Aaron Judge? Great. It could be. It was a healthy Aaron. I mean, I get what you're saying. He wasn't. He was out a good chunk of the season, and they were not good when he was out. I, my opinion would change if the Yankees end up signing, let's say, a Blake Snell. I would okay. say if they could do that, which feel, I, I don't even know if, if they sign a Blake Snell, they would have had a better offseason. But as it sits right now, with what the D-backs did, with a, with a National League championship team, yeah. the additions they made, I, I really am. I'm very impressed with their willingness to just go for it. Mm-hmm. They made their rotation better. They made their lineup a lot better, a lineup that was full of speed, and average, average guys in terms of batting average, not average players, <laughs> but uh-huh. in terms of like batting average, speed, getting on, getting over, stealing bases, scoring runs, they then just added a bunch of thump to that lineup. Now you look top to bottom for, with this roster, it's really, really good. Hands down, D-backs had a better offseason, have had so far a better offseason than the New York Yankees. Your word of the day, I'm keeping a tally, thump. We're up to four. They got thumps. We're up man. to four, they so got four thumps. thumps from Ben. Okay. Add two more. You got two more? I just did two more. I know. We're at I six. So, oh, you just, fine. Okay. We'll keep it going. Okay. But we're about two weeks away, okay, from pitchers and catchers reporting to spring training. Crazy. February 14th. You forget. It's like right around Super Bowl. You're like, oh, here's baseball season. Dodgers and uh, Padres are even sooner, February 9th. But there's still some big names that we were just talking about that are still on the market. Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery, Matt Chapman, Cody Bellinger. Why is free agency moving so slow right now with these guys? I, I think there's a, a I, I do think there's a few different reasons. Okay. And one of the, the main one for me, which is again frustrating, a lot of frustration this episode, is that I think I think media is playing a big role in this. And I think the teams are using I think the teams are using media to sort of like 
manipulate the market in a way. Yeah. For example, the one thing that has come out, really that we've heard at all this entire offseason about Blake Snell, is that the only offer reported on him is the Yankees' offer at six years and $150 million. Well, Blake Snell is looking for nine years, $270 million. So the only thing that we have heard is Yankees are the only offer out there for Blake Snell. It's six years, $150 million. Nowhere close to what he wants. So then other teams hear that, and it's like, well, I ain't going to get That's the only offer out there. I ain't going over 200 for him. And it just it, – it, it really feels like there's only a few players in the game of baseball that can control their own market. Yeah. And by a few, I mean less than a handful. Otani did it, yep. right? I would say Aaron Judge is in that market, and I would say like a Ronald Acuna is that type of player as well. So other than that, you have all these players. Blake Snell's a two-time Cy Young Award winner. There's, there's been only 22 pitchers in the history of baseball that have won two or more Cy Young Awards. Yeah. And this guy can't get an offer? It's insane. He's not anywhere close to what he wants? Insane. No, that's ridiculous. Yeah. He's coming off of a dominant Cy Young year. He just won his second. He's won one in each league. And now the only things being reported is that the, the only offer that's out there is almost half of what he wants. So then you're having teams hear that saying, well, I ain't going to pay him. And then, so you have this situation now where the market's almost been manipulated by these teams putting that out there saying, hey, report that we're the only offer on him for $150 million. And then, and then the other teams are saying, well, we're not going we're, we're to go above that. So I, I do think that's where you get into this tricky situation of players' markets just being hindered by, by what's putting out there and what okay. teams are putting out there. And um, it just gets it, – it's frustrating. So that's why I think we're seeing a slow market is because th- that's what's being reported. Similar with Cody Bellinger. It was just reported – no offers. No offers. No offers reported for Cody Bellinger. Why is that being re- – like, I don't know. I, I do think things, things – get out on purpose. There's a reason they get out. They don't just leak. This is a team with a plan to put it out to either get 100%. what they want or sway other teams to do different things. It's not by accident. 100%. Always on So that's what I think we're seeing right now is, is just teams in front offices sort of manipulating these players' markets. Yeah. And Blake Snell sitting there saying, I'm not going to sign yet. I, I'll go into – I'll – I'll hold out until spring training until something happens because I'm not signing for this $150 million when I'm one of only 22 pitchers ever that have won two or more Cy Young Awards. And, oh, by the way, I'm coming off of the year where I won my second. need pitching. Yeah. You need great pitching. He is one of the great pitchers available right now. So he'll land somewhere, hopefully get closer than half of what he's looking for. Also, Cody Bellinger, a great bat, um, brings a lot of thump. To a lineup. Yeah. <laughs> Word of the day, right? Yeah, I, gotta, I had to sneak it yes. in. Yes. Okay? So, yeah, that'll be interesting. It's crazy that we're, like, about two weeks away from the start of spring training. So, it's good. Hopefully, it happens soon, or they'll get picked up before games start somewhere. Someone gets injured. Who knows? Yeah, we'll see. Crazy. It is time to continue our top 50 players of 2024, and we are officially to the top 10. The 10 best players this coming season. So let's get started with number 10, one of the greatest players of our generation. He probably held that number one spot for five to six years, a future first ballot Hall of Famer, Mr. Mike Trout. Yeah, I still think, I I think Trout's going to have a a bounce back season in terms of just health and, you know, production on the field. 
I, I still think he's a top 10 player in the game of baseball. I do. I, I think he's going to have a big 2024. That's why he's in the top 10. Last year, he hit 263 with 18 homers, but missed a lot of time. I think and hope, I think we can all hope he that Trout healthy. has a healthy season. Better he is baseball. one of the greatest that the game has ever seen. Please. And over the last few years, unfortunately, he's just been dealing with these different nagging injuries or bigger injuries. It just kind of depends on the year. Hopefully this year that all changes. I think he'll be a top 10 player in the game. Mike Trout comes in at number 10 for the top players of this coming 2024 season. All right, moving on to number nine. He is a World Series champ. He is one of the greatest and scariest hitters of our time right now, Jordan Alvarez. Your, there's an argument for Jordan being the best hitter in the game of baseball yeah. right now. Last year, he hit 293, 31 homers, 97 RBIs. He's just a different, he's just different. <laughs> he really is. I mean, um, what he's able to do when he's, when he's healthy and, and out there playing, I, I really do believe he, he might be, if he's not the best hitter in the game of baseball, he's a top three hitter in the game of baseball. And um, he's certainly the most feared hitter in that Astros lineup, and it really doesn't matter. How many times have we seen it over the last couple of years? Team goes to the bullpen in a big spot in the game, brings in a lefty reliever just to face Jordan, Hi. and next pitch or <laughs> next at bat for he's sure, done. he's hitting the ball out of the park and, and making them look like a, a fool for making the yeah. decision they did. He's done it time and time again. I can think of multiple off the top of my head. Jose Alvarado in the World Series. Yep. Phillies tried to do it. And then earlier in that postseason, the, the Mariners tried to do it with Robbie Ray coming out of the bullpen. The guy hadn't pitched in relief. They bring in a lefty just to, just to try and get out of Jordan. Did not work. Nope. All right, let's move on to number eight, Mr. Consistency. He is a World Series champ, an NL MVP, a seven-time All-Star, the Dodgers' first baseman, Freddie Freeman. Freddie, speaking of Mr. Consistency, might be on this list in his age 50s. I, it's insane. This, I mean, he, yeah. he's... Getting older in, in baseball terms. And last year, all he did was hit 331 with yep. 29 homers, 102 RBIs, uh, career best doubles. I mean, it really is. It's remarkable uh -huh. how Freddie's getting better as he gets older. And that's just a testament to, and I've heard him speak about it. It's just a testament to like believing and trusting in, in your approach. And it is so much easier said than done to, to not vary from your your approach and because the second you start struggling mm -hmm. you think all right i got to change something up well freddie freeman has now at this point in his career done enough to know his approach works yeah. and when he struggles he's just gonna stick with it and and get back in the, on the drawing board and look at his video and figure out maybe what he's doing differently but he believes in his in his approach and it's just allowed him as he gets older and older in his career to seemingly just get better and better and better so i still think he's going to be a top 10 player in the game in 2024, and I have him at number eight. Number seven, he is a batting champion. He is a World Series champion, and he is the Yankees' newest superstar, 25 years young, Juan Soto. This is probably one of the things I'm most excited about for the 2024 season is to yeah. watch Juan Soto hit a Yankee stadium. It's going to be insane. And it's literally just that. Add to it that he's going to be hitting back-to-back -back with Aaron Judge in the Ooh. lineup, and it's just even more excitement. But, look, for whatever reason, Juan Soto – was not Juan Soto at Petco Park. But the no. second he left Petco Park, he hit over 300 last year. He ended up hitting 275 with 35 homers and 109 RBIs. By the way, great, great year. Yeah. He hit over 300 on the road. Now, you put him in Yankee Stadium for the entire season, 
Oh, man. Now, now we're really talking. Last year, I had a career high in doubles and homers. I think he's going to I think he's gonna one-up that. I, I think have. he gets to 40 homers at Yankee Stadium. I hope so. Uh, and again, back-to-back with Aaron Judge. I'm just, I'm, I'm excited to watch him. Aaron Judge had his, uh, he does this, like, charity dinner event yeah, every I year. That was the other night, and somebody asked him, like, how he wants the lineup to look or, yeah. and how he wants to what hit. He said he wants to hit after Soto. He wants it to go DJ LeMahieu, Juan Soto, him, Aaron Judge. So Fun. Fun. Absolutely. He comes in at number six. I think he's going to have a huge year. I really do. Number seven. Now we're moving on to number six. The man who turned his season around after a standing ovation from his Phillies home crowd, a World Series champ, one of the best shortstops in the game, Trey Turner. That was that. That was legitimately the turnaround. I know. And, I mean, I, I have his second half stats down here because it happened towards the beginning of the second half. Yeah. Basically, like, it happened in August, and he hit 333 in the month of August, Insane. which is remarkable. He ended up hitting 266 on the year, but he had 292 in the second half with 16 of his 26 homers coming in the second half. Look, anybody that has watched the game of baseball for the last 5, 10 years knows about Trey Turner and knows how good he is and knows – that 266 is not Trey Turner. He's a high average guy. He's a high stolen base guy. He's a guy that can hit you. He had 26 homers last year, and that was with a terrible first half. He's a guy that can easily hit you 30, can easily steal 30 stolen bases. He did last year. So now we're looking at a 30-30 season. I think that's easily in reach next year. I think he has a massive season. Look, to talk about the 2023 season of Trey Turner is to talk about the first half where probably just putting too much pressure on himself to perform with a massive, massive contract and a new place coming off a World Baseball Classic where the entire world was dubbing him the new Captain America for mm -hmm. his big homers there and was great and everybody was talking about how good of a year he was going to have. Well, the man's human. Yeah. And he comes out and really struggles to start the year and then got to the point where People were booing him. The stadium was booing him. He said his mom was in the stands booing him. Everyone was booing. And then huge, huge credit to the Philly crowd for turning his season around. You yep. can point to the day. They decided to give him a standing ovation and to show him the support that he needed. Mm -hmm. And from that point onward, he had a great year. Hit 292 in the second half with his 16 homers. He's going to have a massive year. Trey Turner comes in at number six, rounding out 10 through six. We're in the top 10. We got Mike Trout at 10, Jordan Alvarez at nine, Freddie Freeman at eight, Juan Soto at seven, Trey Turner at six, meaning there's only one more episode of the top five, Alex. We got a. I'm curious to see how you. Uh, through one coming up. Have it all laid out. Yes. I mean, well, I think because we go through like the top three, top five throughout the season every. Yeah. Okay. What? Yeah, no, what? I'm just, what I'm thinking, I was thinking through it. I was like, oh, wait, okay, now I think I might have, I know it's top three, but okay. You might think you know who one's going to be, but you don't know who one's going to be. Everyone listening might think they know uh -huh. who one's going to be. Yeah, but you okay, don't know a little foreshadowing. That's but what let's you call move a little on. tease, a little cliffhanger. Okay, fine. You hear this? It's time for a new game. Oh, my God. It is a new game called Name That Swing. You guys, we're going to show a silhouette of a player swinging. Ben's going to have 30 seconds to guess each player. We've oh got boy. three of them. So you're actually going to, like, see the swing. Yeah. 
They silhouetted the player, so you can't see the uniform, who it is, whatnot. Are you ready for it? I haven't heard that music in a while. It immediately brings back the anxiety. I was like, trigger? Did that music just trigger you? So for for those of you that are just listening and not watching, obviously, this is a very visual segment. I'm going to have to name that slang. I'll talk through it. Uh, But if you're watching, there will be a video, and the player himself will be a a silhouette. And I'm going to have to... To figure this out. This just is... re-explain exactly what I just explained. Well, I wanted the people listening to know that I'm thinking <laughs> yeah. about them in this moment. Because it's, it's going to be tough okay. for them to understand. Okay, well, let's get it started. Yep. 30 seconds on the clock. Oh, it's on the front of my desk. I was like, where's the timer? That's cute. Okay, there it is. Let's uh, let's put the first batter, batter up, and let her rip, Ben. Who is it? Okay. Um... That's Jordan Alvarez. Yeah. I was like, we were just talking about him. <laughs> Under 10 seconds to get that one. Yeah. Good job. To be fair, I actually knew that one a little quicker. I didn't really? know if I should draw it out for a dramatic no. reveal or just no. like, boom. Own okay. It. One for Be one. Proud. That's Jordan. Okay, one for one. Let's move on to our next batter. All right, 30 seconds on the clock. Let's get our next batter up. Okay. Who is it? Oh. This is actually so much better than I thought it was going to be with the silhouette. Name that swing. Okay, so we have a right-handed batter. It's at the Diamondback Stadium. Um, The stance to me kind of looks like, oh, this is tricky. Even look at the little jog after. My my gut said JT Real Muto at first, but okay, the, follow, the follow throughs throw me off. I'm going to say JT Real Muto. This and you're right. looks like. Way to go with your Is it right? Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Woo. Two for two. You said you were going to at least get two for three in this. So the, That wasn't a t- – the swing and run yeah. – I got a little thrown off there, but the stance to me screamed yeah. JT Real Muto. So I All right. went with it, stuck with my gut. Good job. Two for two. It's a life story there. Stick with your gut and go with it. Okay. <laughs> Let's go three for three. Our final name that's when we got 30 seconds on the clock. Let's get the next batter up. Who is it? Oh, that's um, that's uh, right-handed batter. Got a little bat waggle. I'm going to go with Starling Marte. Yep. Let's go. Dang. Somebody knows the batter swings. That the little bat. That's a very unique. I'm impressed. Bat waggle. That's what got you. Yeah. Good job. Wow. Three for three. Silence the haters. Let's go. What? Love what that. What a way to get your birthday week started. We got the whole family here. Let's bring out mom and dad. We also got you some cookies. Oh, boy. Yeah. What kind of cookies do we have? Birthday. Logan's bringing out. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Mom Everybody and dad else? here on set. It's just us. Wow. Hey. A round of applause. For the birthday. Let's go. Thank you, guys. They say it's your birthday. Oh, those are my gluten-free cookies. <laughs> um, thank you, you the for the one. thank you for the cookies, everyone. The birthday wishes, mom and dad. Mom thank and you dad. for birthing, birthing <laughs> me. Not mom and dad. Uh, great, a great birthday episode. Thank you, everyone, for the happy birthday and for the cookies and for everybody that works on the show for for being out here. So. Hey. That does it and for this birthday episode. Behind. Beautiful. Yeah, that is from last year when I got a cupcake. Yeah, to Dad the needs face. to move to the side a little bit. Dad, look there out. we go. There Perfect. We go. Perfect. Right in between. Another successful birthday episode beauty. in the books. Thank you. Uh, 
Thank you, everyone. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple, Spotify, wherever. We're also on all social media. You can watch every single thing we do as well on YouTube at Flippin' Bats Pod for all of them. But that does it for this week. Until next episode, we got a good one coming up. Jack Flaherty was in studio. Hey. He's coming up soon, so be on the lookout for that. But until then, my friends, that does it.